0: Welcome to the Gathering Church Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. For more info about the gathering, you can check out the thegathering.online. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. How's everyone doing today? You glad to be at church? You glad to have some fall weather? Is anyone excited? We're done with that pesky, hot summer. I'm just tired of that. You know, I'm getting booze, but that's okay. I know that fall is the best season. You want to know why? Because football is back, uh, because we have, uh, you know, it's apple and, and pumpkin season and just all the good things that come from from fall. I, I'm not sure, but I think the weather in heaven is going to be fall. I just want to let you know that. Um, I have zero scriptural backing to that, um, but it's just you're going to have to trust me on that. And I am especially thankful to live in Ohio where I can experience the different seasons that we have, um, especially after last week we came back from Honduras. Um, and and it's too hot there for your boy, okay? Can I just say, it is way too warm every single day. The heat was coming, um, but we had a great mission trip. If you didn't know, Josh and Bethany Dismore led an incredible mission trip team to work at the City of Refuge in Honduras, loving the children there, blessing them. So I just want to thank, would you help me in thanking Josh and Bethany for leading that team? Doing a great job. And uh, I'm going to share some of the stories uh, of that trip today because you need to know what you were part of. Um, that th- This church went to Honduras, and many of you gave so that people could go. Many of you prayed for us as for our protection and for a successful trip. Many of you gave toys and books and, and clothes to give to those kids. So we have a short video here to show you a summary of our week there. A week. Um, That was a lot that happened. We did not get to show you everything, and we have some pictures that we'll show throughout today. But we know that while we were in Honduras, y'all were having church here. Nothing stopped here. In fact, I got to listen back to Pastor Dennis's message last night. Wasn't that so good? He had the walls, he had like a whole set up here. Um, I got to help him put that together before we left. But um, he got a great epilogue to our series on the armor of God and reminding us the, the power of the armor of God. And then last week on Labor Day weekend, Gary and Janice Dickinson were here. And what an incredible message that was, wasn't it? Talking about binding the strong man, that, that when Goliath fell, the rest of the enemy scattered. And it's amazing to me. We are not smart enough to think about this or plan this out, but God had a plan for us to talk about the armor of God and all that we needed, and then the next week we would talk about slaying a giant. Isn't that amazing? Uh, I wish we could take credit for that, but it's, it's too good for it to be from us. But today we're going to talk about um, what God did in Africa. Um, we're also going to talk about, um, not a series today, today we're going to start a new series next week, but today I want to summarize what happened this past month or so, because the church, our church has been experiencing what a New Testament church is meant to be. That's today's message, the New Testament Church. That's our title. It's not a series, we'll start that next week. But today, the New Testament Church, we know the beginning, the origin of the, the New Testament Church started in Acts. Jesus ascended to the Father, Pentecost took place, the Holy Spirit fell, and then Peter was preaching to the crowds. Many people gave their life to Christ. There was essentially a revival that took place. And then what happened next? If you've got your Bible with you, you can turn to Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. This is a great time to pull up some sermon notes. If you've got it on your phone, you can go to the YouVersion Bible app and find us uh, to bring up the sermon notes for today. Let's read this together. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul And the Lord added to their numbers, day by day, those who were being saved. There's three things I want to pull out of this passage today about the New Testament church. But let's start with that first line. It says, and they devoted themselves. It's amazing to me that after revival has taken place, the Holy Spirit has fallen, people have been saved the people there decided we are going to devote ourselves, we are going to posture ourselves to continue to receive from God. Sometimes when God does something amazing in our life, whether that's in a church service or or just in our normal day life, we say, oh, that's awesome, God. And we continue to walk on with the rest of our day like nothing has changed. But these people said, no, because this has happened, Because we want to continue to see God move in our life, we are going to devote ourselves ourselves to three things. To the teaching, to the fellowship, and to prayer. I hope that our response to a move of God is devotion. The precise translation, it says they were continually devoting themselves over and over again to teaching, fellowship, and prayer. I believe that the church, among other things, is intended for the teaching, fellowship, and prayer. And I want to look at each of these three elements. I'm going to compare them back to some of the stories from our mission trip. I'm also going to talk about uh, in relation to small groups. If you didn't know, September is kind of our kicking back off September time. It goes well with kicking off a of football, which can I say for a second, sometimes I feel, I feel good about the direction and the health of our church, and other times, I feel, I feel discouraged. And I'll be honest with you, today is one of those days I feel discouraged. I see a lot of people in here with inappropriate shirts on, um, a lot of Steelers content, so there will be prayer time after service for you to get right with God. Uh, but moving on, so September is our, our kickoff of small groups, and it's important. We believe so, it's so important to get involved in a small group of people for a greater level of community just as we see modeled in the New Testament church. And so today we're looking at those three elements. Let me start with the first one. Number one is teach to transfer. There is teaching in order to transfer. The point of the apostles' teaching was to transfer the knowledge of God's word to one another. And there, there are different levels of teaching, right? There's, there's teaching done right here on a Sunday morning from this platform. There's also, if you didn't know, there's teaching taking place back in our kids' ministry. It's not just babysitting or childcare. We have age-appropriate discipleship in our kids' ministry. It's important to do that at all ages. Teaching is ultimately, what are we teaching from? We're teaching from the Word of God. I love how Gary Dickinson stated it last week. He said, the Word of God has to be our foundation for everything. The Word of God is what tells us what is right and what is wrong. What is good and what is bad? What is wholesome and what is unwholesome? If we don't have the word of God to tell us that, then the world has the ability to tell us what is right and wrong. No other source for teaching is more important than the Bible. We know that God reveals to us in Scripture to those who are listening. So, yes, of course, this is a platform for teaching. But when God teaches you in his Scripture, you have the ability at home, in your workplace, Add a meal to share, to teach what God has been putting on your heart. In Honduras, uh, Josh and Bethany would give our, our group an opportunity each day to share from what we'd experienced and to share from what God had been speaking to us through the Word of God. I think we have a, a picture here. This will show you one of the areas that we would kind of congregate together. This was right outside our dorm area. And we would share there, we'd share stories Sometimes if it was too hot, we'd go inside and do it, Um, but this was an uh, opportunity to connect with people about, you know, it's more than just what I'm learning from God during the week. It helps me to hear what other people are learning from God, and it's funny because countless times, so many of us, I think at least four or five of us, were in the book of Matthew reading in the same area in our devotional at the same time, and so someone would say something one day, like, I just read this in Matthew 20, oh, I read that yesterday, Oh, I'm about to read that tomorrow. We were able to share notes. And it was amazing when you could hear from other people what God was speaking in their life, what they were receiving from the Word of God. It helped me grow in the Word of God. You see, we teach in order to transfer knowledge. When we got there on Saturday night, we, we got to meet Ron and Melissa Fry. I think we have a picture of, of Ron uh, teaching right there. And, and they, they greeted us and they were explaining, you know, um, Anything that you guys want to share in our Sunday morning service tomorrow, feel free to, to share. And, of course, he, he specifically looked at me. He's like, Pastor, if you want to share something tomorrow, you, you go right ahead. I'm like a deer in headlights. I'm like, uh, I'm sorry. I, I just plan to come down here and help with the kids, play soccer, paint some walls, whatever you need me to do. I did not come with a three-point sermon in my back pocket. That was not how I came. And I began to get anxious. I was like, what am I going to say? Am I going to say anything? And I thought about what the Bible says. I thought about 2 Timothy 3, 4. Read this with me. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but having itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Paul charges Timothy to preach the word to be ready no matter what to be ready in season and out of season. And I remembered that verse and it made me anxious because I was like, I'm, I'm not ready and I, I'm out of season and, and I'm not someone just to go up there and say, sure, I'm just going to share whatever comes on my heart. I'm just going to fire from the hip. I don't do that. I don't do that type of thing, okay? If I'm going up there, God, you better give me something and you better give it to me two months ago. You know, that's how I want to plan and prepare. So Sunday morning comes along and I get up and I do my normal devotion, reading through scripture. And when you know it, God shows me something that he wants me to share with the people there. And, and the whole reason, it, it, it's funny, I don't know if this happens to you, but there are times for me, if I'm being honest, I will read scripture. And I've read the Bible before, quite a few years in a row now. And I'll see something and I'll be like, that wasn't in there last time. <laughs> There's something has changed in my Bible. Because I would have remembered if that was in there before. I feel like a bad Christian, I feel like a bad pastor, but how has that always been there? And I just notice it now. And it was in Matthew 21, it's actually only in Matthew's gospel that it talks about, if you remember Jesus cleansing the temple, he, he walks into the temple, people are exchanging money, they're exchanging goods, he gets angry, he flips over the tables, he, he chases out the, those that were exchanging money. And only in Matthew's Gospel it says after that it says that the children cried out in the temple and praised God. If you don't believe me, look look for it for yourself. Matthew twenty one, it says out of the Jesus said out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies you have prepared praise. And I had never noticed how Jesus used the children in this moment to point people back to the reason for the temple when the adults messed it all up. And so God gave me, is a very short, I didn't actually share it Sunday morning, I shared it Sunday night, we had something, and all I said to the kids was this story, and I said, God is telling you that every child in this room, God sees you, God loves you, and you matter to God, and your worship is to point people back, point the adults back to what praise is supposed to look like. And I began to realize that that concept of being ready in and out of season is not always about being equipped, but it's being willing to receive, and then God will equip you. Are you willing to speak out? Are you willing to preach in season and out of season? Are you willing to share what God has placed on your hearts when you feel like sharing and when you don't feel like sharing? Are you willing to be used in those moments? And it says there that, In verse 3, back to Timothy, it says that there will be a time when people will not endure sound teaching. They will have a desire to only hear what they want to hear instead of hearing the truth. I think we're in a time in our society right now, unfortunately, where people are picking and choosing what they want to hear from the Bible. Picking and choosing what they want to follow and obey and what they want to ignore. People are picking and choosing. We are supposed to share what God has placed on our hearts in Scripture. Share what God is speaking. Because it's not just meant for you. You're meant to be a blessing and strengthen other people. And secondly, it says, After the church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, they devoted themselves to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread. This is the part, you know, sharing, teaching is difficult. Praying sometimes can be hard, but we usually have this whole eating food together thing down, right? That's not usually an issue for us. But there's something, there's something special about, there's something spiritual about using that time for fellowship. But we know even in, even in a work situation... Have you heard the phrase, uh, um, if, there was, if there's no food, this should have been an email instead of a meeting, basically, right? Um, can anyone say amen to that? Email this next to me. If you're not going to give me donuts to get to this meeting, you better email the information over because I'm not coming in for that. Fellowship over food sometimes. Our second point today is that fellowship is for familiarity. Fellowship for familiarity. You are able to become more familiar with people. When you sit down and talk to them, typically it makes sense to talk over a meal, talk while, while having a sip of coffee. I, I got to say, I got to tell on some of our mission trip people, there's some, there's some addicts on that trip. Um, we were hopping from airport to airport, and the first thing in our group chat was, we got to find the Starbucks. We got to find where to go to get Starbucks. I was like, God bless them, they need saved, like they need that more. I'm here, here just, I just need the bread of life right here, that's all I need. I don't, know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we love to take time to eat together, share coffee, share experiences together. In fact, sometimes you grow and you bond with one another, whether it's a great experience you have together or a bad experience you have together. You get to share those moments together. And you bond through experiences. And our mission group certainly bonded through some experiences. We, we got to eat every meal together. Three meals a day, we were sitting together. I think I have a picture of, of some of us sitting down together, um, eating a meal. I think there's a second picture after that. We had this area outside where we would all sit and, and share a meal. And our, our group got to bond over sharing meal, sharing fellowship. But let me show you the, the spiritual side of fellowship. Look at 1 John with me. 1 John 1 says this, verse 2. It says, The life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was, ma- which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we also proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, and we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Now let me stop there for a minute. John is explaining the importance of fellowship. There's two parts of fellowship. There's fellowship with one another, but I hope you also know you and I, we are meant for fellowship with God. Do you know that? Just as Adam and Eve walked with God, as Enoch walked with God, Moses walked with God, had fellowship, you and I, we are made to encounter God in fellowship. Our relationship with God is more than just asking God for forgiveness of our sins and repenting. He's not just our Savior. He wants to be our best friend. He wants to be in relationship and fellowship with us. And I love what John says here. He says that so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Two times. It's interesting to me that he talks about the fellowship with one another before he talks about fellowship with God. I thought, why is that? It's not because fellowship with each other is more important than fellowship with God, but it's because healthy, spiritual fellowship between each other will point us to a healthy fellowship with God. How do people most time come to know God? It's through a healthy interaction with one another. When someone gets closer to you and they just enjoy spending time with you, Hopefully what it is, is they are seeing Jesus inside of you and saying, I don't know what it is about you, but I love spending time with you. And if this is who you are as a son or as a daughter of God, I want to get closer to you and I want to be, I want to get to know the God that you serve. Do you believe that church? It's pretty quiet in here. Healthy fellowship with one another should point us to fellowship with God. Fellowship is an evangelistic tool to connect with someone over and over again over time. Those are relationships you cannot build after one time meeting with them. I had fellowship with a a big group of guys playing basketball every Monday night for years. Years. I got to know people that I would not have known any other way. And it started by simply we'd pray a short prayer. I'd ask for prayer requests for those that came. We'd pray and then we try to beat each other in basketball for a couple hours. But over time, they would ask questions. Or I would send them text messages saying, hey, I'm sorry again about how your mom's doing. I'm praying for her. Let me know if you need anything. I got to officiate weddings. I got to do premarital counseling with people and tell them what the Bible says about marriage because of that. Fellowship, what seems to have no spiritual reward can matter when we are spiritually in tune, connected to God, and putting that into our relationships with one another. Fellowship for familiarity. When someone sees a godly, consistent person, and they see Jesus inside you. Let me show you the next part of what John says. Verse 5. Then he says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. John then goes to address the issue of darkness and light. You, you know that we, we can say that we have fellowship with God but never actually communicate with him? You have any friends that are like, oh yeah, they're my good friends, I still never talk to them. You know, it's like, it's not a really good relationship. Where's the fellowship there? I have to be careful what I say here, but fellowship is, is key. Healthy, God-centered relationships are important. And that's why, I hope I don't step on any toes here, it's why it makes me nervous when we talk about online church oh yeah i just went to church online today you can get amazing worship you can get incredible teaching of the word of god don't get me wrong but how's your fellowship doing how are you able to connect with anybody because church is not about a consumer culture it's about what can i give to the kingdom of god not just what can i receive from the kingdom of god you need both and listen I, i love our time before service and after service for fellowship, but sometimes we have to be willing to share more about what's going on our, in our lives and, and get personal. And you're probably not willing to get personal with a couple hundred people, and that's okay. I probably would prefer you not. But you might be willing to get personal in a small group. You might be willing to share what's going on in your lives with a ten to 8 to 10 to 12 people that you trust and you're getting closer to. What is your outlet to share and to hear from godly relationships? Fellowship familiarizes yourself. And lastly, the third point, prayer gets personal. We talked about teaching, fellowship, the last one, prayer. There's something about prayer, knowing that a good friend of you of yours is lifting you up in prayer. I hope that encourages you. There's something about when a group of guys get together. There's something about when a group of moms get together. There's something when a group of teens get together and they're praying together in unity for a purpose. On the missions trip, we, we had a few mornings uh, where we were doing projects. And there was a man there named uh, Gustavo. I think we have a picture of him. He was constructing the, the welding school there in Honduras. And uh, Gustavo told us that we were an answer to his prayers. One morning, we were starting with painting and, and the projects, and we were told, Josh came to us and said, hey, we need three or four guys to go over and help constructing a welding school and, and using cinder block. And I was like, well, obviously, I'm an expert on those type of things, so I'm willing to go over and help. No idea what I'm signing up for. Sure, let's do this. And we got there, and Gustavo had a big smile on his face. And he, he loved working with us We were helping him, obviously, but he also, his English was excellent, and he loved being able to practice his English with us. And the cool thing was that near the end of our time working together, Gasavo shared that when he got up that morning, getting ready for work, he was aware of the fact that he had no helpers that day. All of his normal help, they were going to other projects, and he prayed to God, asking God to send someone to help him building this school. And then he probably saw me off in the distance and said, God, anybody but him. Can you send someone out?" No, just kidding. <laughs> but Gustavo was just glad to have help. And, and aren't we glad when we feel like we are the answer to someone's prayer? You know, you can be the answer to someone's prayer. You can also be the one praying on their behalf as Jesus is interceding for us before God. And as we pray, we got personal We know that God hears our prayers, and it's powerful when we pray together. On our last full day in Honduras, we got to go to the boys' dorm that we had painted. I think we have some pictures of that. And we got to not only pray over the building, but this is the group of boys that we painted their dorm. Um, Go to the next slide. Then we took some time, I think there's two more, you can just slide through those, of, of us being able to pray for those kids. I think you saw it in the video as well. And we bonded with those kids through prayer we got closer to them. And we just got to put our hands on them and say, God, would you protect these children? God, we know you have a plan for these kids. Watch over them. Build them up. Raise them up to be the young men of God that they're intended to be. And these were some of the sweetest boys. They, they not only hugged us, they passed out cards to us that they had made and written. I could tell from mine. I pulled it out. Actually, I actually have it upstairs here. And it says, from Wilman to Max. I'm Max, if you didn't know. If <laughs> they couldn't hear Matt, it was Max. If we got closer to these boys and I know it can be hard in a circle of people to, to pray with one another and, and to be willing to open up and share when you have prayer requests. I don't know what goes through your mind when someone says, hey, can I pray with you? Is there something that I can pray about for you? But typically in my mind, I begin to filter out all the things that are happening in my life and what I'm willing to share and what I'm not willing to share. And that's understandable, but I think over time, if you're connected with a group of people that you trust, maybe one of the times you say, actually, yeah, I'm really struggling with this, I'm really worried about my future with this, I, I need God's help here. And when prayer gets personal, you're able to pray specifically into that person's life. See, when prayer gets personal, that's when prayer gets powerful. When prayer gets personal and you're willing to release some things and you're willing to entrust those things to others, it gets powerful because people know what to pray for and to keep you in their minds and to be texting you and reminding you that, hey, God has got you and I'm with you right now. That's what being with a small group of people can do for your life. It challenges you. It keeps you accountable. And it reminds you that you're not doing life alone. Let me show you what James said about prayer. James 5, he says, The prayer of faith... Will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. There's something special about when we confess our sins to one another, when we ask for prayer, when we believe for healing together. God shows up when there's a step of faith. The New Testament church is meant to be led by teaching, fellowship, and prayer. And it's my hope that each of our small groups at the gathering were known for our teaching of the word of God, deeper relationships in fellowship, and a powerful amount of prayer for one another. Because when that happens, do you know what happened? Remember what happened in Acts when that took place. Read it again, verse 43. It says, When that happened, awe came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All who believed were together had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to all as any had need, and day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people, And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. So much happened because of powerful teaching, fellowship, and prayer. Do you see what God did when the people devoted themselves? Signs and wonders, miracles, praising God, sharing in generosity, healing, salvation all took place. And I know that this church is meant to be missional. I, I know, I've seen it from my own eyes. You know, that, that mission trip does not take place if it weren't for a small group here in the church that began to read a book about radical Christianity and taking a week of our, of our year and going on a mission trip somewhere. And I know other small groups, you guys have blessed uh, schools, you've blessed families at Christmas time. The church has been missional when we devote ourselves to the right things. Did you know that this church was able to give so that there could be a group to go to Honduras? They prayed and we gave shirts and pants and shoes and toys and books. I think we have pictures of the donation time. They said at City of Refuge, this was the largest single donation they have ever received. Most of the time when they get a donation, they have to put it into an office and wait till enough stuff accumulates so that there's enough stuff for every kid to get something. But we didn't have that problem. The only problem I had was that when I came into the the country with my baggage, and I didn't remember what was in my baggage because it was all these clothes and things, and security opens my baggage and shows all these uh, little boys and girls' clothing, and I had to explain to them, I was like, "Uh, those are gifts for the kids at the orphanage. I had to explain all that to them. Those are books for the kids at the orphanage. We had such a big donation that not only did every single kid get uh, uh, clothing, we also bless the workers of City of Refuge. You know, the workers also have families that they're trying to provide for, and sometimes there's jealousy because these kids here get everything, and my kids at home, and they don't get anything. We got to bless those kids as well because of your generosity. You see, the whole reason that our church went on a mission trip is because it started in a small group. We have to be a New Testament church that is willing to meet together, Eat together, learn together, pray together, encourage one another. I'm up here pushing small groups because I know it is for the best for your spiritual growth. I'm believing that our church and our small groups will be devoted and committed to the teaching and the fellowship and the prayer. At this point, I'm going to ask every single small group leader, would you come up on stage as we close? I know we're going over. We're going to make this as quick as possible. Come on up. Small group leaders, come on up. I want you to share. We don't have a response time. I'm not asking you at the end of service to come up here and and ask for prayer or something. What I'm asking you for is to respond by finding a group that you can connect with. Now, we started something new this this fall. We have some of these small group leaders. They've been doing this for a couple years now. We also have some that are brand new, that need to start a new, as our church grows, we need more small groups. Not everyone can fit in the same small group. And we also thought about the, the template, the order that we do it. Everyone has different desires and needs to get connected. Some of our groups, we, we allow them to, to do it as they please as far as how often and what they do, and they, they set their um, teaching agenda, all those things and so some of our groups meet once a month. Some are every other week. Maybe one is every week, I'm not sure. Maybe you'll find out here in a second with me. But we decided to put those into categories so it was easier for you to understand. I'm gonna keep talking about this for the next couple of weeks, but we have Belong Believe become as a church. So we thought, let's put Belong into the group of those that meet once a month. It's a little bit smaller of a commitment. If you say, I don't know about this whole sharing things, and I'm a personal person, guess what? You can come in, you can hear, You know, maybe they'll do some worship music, there'll be some food, they'll do some teaching, and you can share, or you can just stay quiet. You can just enjoy being in fellowship. I know not everyone's an extrovert, I understand that, but you gotta get around people. There are gonna be some groups that are more of what we call a belief group. There's gonna be talking about belief in every group, but it's meeting more often, There's a little bit more of an expectation. Maybe you're supposed to come having read a chapter or something before or having listened to a podcast or some level of commitment. And then there's the the become groups, which is going to be a very small group because not everyone wants to meet every single week and our leaders don't have time for that. But I want you to be aware of that when you're signing up, what you're committing to. All right, I'm going to stop talking. And we're going to have each group here, starting over here, announce their group, how often they meet, and where they're at, starting with Jim and Cassie.
1: So we last, I guess the last season, we were meeting every other week and saw everything from like six people to 26 people and saw every, you know, the become and the belong and the believe, and we feel led uh, into some very deep water. And so we want to offer a, um, a become group that will meet weekly, probably midweek. Uh, and we're still finalizing the day, uh, and that, that group is going to feed a larger um, belong group that will be monthly so we're, we're kind of doing both and uh, everybody that's in that belong group will also be in the uh, i'm sorry that's in the becoming group will be in the belong group so uh, a little bit of both and uh, we're looking forward to see what god does I'm Jeannie, I'm Tara Watkins, and I lead, and there's Sarah. <laughs> we lead the Moms Group the first Monday of every month. Um, we have found out we like to um, meet over food, so we meet at Panera usually, and we will announce that probably the week before, um, so the first Monday of every month,
2: starting at 7 o'clock. I am miss McLean, and uh, my husband, I'm not sure why he's back there, not up here, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> We have a small group in our home, and this year we're going to meet once a month on the second Sunday of the month, and um, yeah, we, um, Roger and Jeannie um, are co-leaders, and they usually um, discuss Pastor Matt's sermon from Sunday morning, and so, um, you know, we're mostly uh, what do I want to say, older adults, (laughs) since we are like, you know, Sort of empty nesters um, <laughs> some of you know what I mean um, um we do have a, a couple of um couples that come with small children, so we, we can't accommodate smaller children, but if you have older children that are more ambunctious, that we really don't can't accommodate those very well because we are em, sort of empty nesters, <laughs> so anyway that's it.
1: Uh, Josh and Bethany Dismore. We meet every other Friday night generally at 7 p.m. We've done it at our home, uh, but this season, kind of like Jim and Cassie, we're changing it up a little bit, whereas once a month we'll be at our house, and then the other uh, session of the month we'll be splitting off guys and girls um, at different people's houses to give other people a uh, a chance to host and uh, go a little bit deeper. um, So. Um, yep, our first meeting is this Friday night, and we'll be doing a podcast-based series this time. Previously, we've done some study books that led to the missions trip and other things, but this time we wanted to try something a little bit different, so hope to see you. Yeah, Pastor Nelson, and Susie, and the Watkins, uh, Scott, and Tara, we lead a group uh, second Sunday of every month, 5 o'clock, and uh, we're more of a long group. Sometimes we get pretty big, sometimes 30-some people, but then after we eat, that comes a small group because we have different rooms where people go and fellowship. So um, we're mostly, uh, I, we don't really have kids. <clears throat> As you can see, our, we are older. <coughs> and so, and yeah, but we do have a couple kids at home too that are older. Dun, uh, dun, okay, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, you're welcome to come. We enjoy uh, a little bit of worship, uh, teaching, and then uh, some good food, and then just some fellowship afterwards. Good morning, church. I'm Larry Lester. My wife, Sherry, and daughter, Kendall, are in the nursery today. Uh, We are a new group for this season. This is our rookie season. Uh, We're going to focus on families, so if you have an an immediate family, come. If you don't have an immediate family, come anyway, and we'll adopt you. Uh, Our group is Gathering of the Tribe. We're going to meet one Sunday a month, 5 p.m. Our first meeting is October 1st, uh, because we are new. We want to give folks an opportunity to sign up and we'll start here at the church. We are looking for a host family and co-leaders for our group and before you sign up for our group, I encourage you to sign up for kids men because it's important and and that wing of the church is dear to our heart.
0: Hello, uh, my name is Scott. this is Marissa and we host a young adult small group on the first Friday of every month. It's at the fourth this month coming up? whatever the first Friday is. Uh, We start around 7 o'clock and we host out of our house. Marissa is the master chef. She'll cook you a home-cooked meal, so you come to enjoy that. And usually we just fellowship for probably like an hour or so after the meal, and then we jump into a time of worship, uh, teaching and devotion, and then usually a time of prayer at the end. And if time allows it, it's not too late. Board games, play some pool, whatever we feel like doing. So we'd love to see you there.
1: Um, I'll pop this in here real quick too. I'm also hosting a girls slash women's Bible study with um, another lady in the church. I don't see her at the moment. Anyway, she's usually here. Her name is Samantha Chambers. Um, Her and I are going to be starting a women's Bible study. Um, This particular, the first session, gosh, I should have looked at the calendar. Um, I'm sure it's in the website somewhere. If not, just ask, and I'll look at my calendar. Um, but our first session is going to be held at the Panera Bread in um, Dublin and Muirfield. Hi, I'm Austin Watkins. Me and my wife, Summer, are going to be hosting a new, even younger adult group. And we're going to be co-leading along with Dalton and Gabri McEwen over there. Um, the first meeting is scheduled to be October 14th. Uh, we're going to try and lead it at our home. We'll see how that goes. Um, there will be food, so according to Matt, that means it'll be worth coming. So, yeah, we're hoping for some good fellowship. And that's
3: Hi, I'm Jonathan Cheney. This is my wife, Sarah. We focus on younger families. Definitely young kids are always welcome. We have them running all around the house, so feel free. Yes. Um, we meet every other Saturday. Um, I believe October 7th is the next one? Sixth. Sixth. See, this First is why Saturday. I keep her around for my schedule. <laughs> See. Um, also, she's an incredible cook. So she makes food, and it's amazing. So come for the food, if nothing else. We have lots of fun and fellowship, and we usually play games afterwards. And we just finished the misunderstood verses of the Bible, so we're actually in between two different ones that we're going to start next.
0: <laughs> All right, give it up for this group of leaders. Awesome. As you can see, and my hope is that you would take a minute before you leave today, scan that QR code. There's the information of these different groups and sign up if you are not yet connected to a group. And before we close, Jim, I, you said you had want some something to share here about small groups. I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just I had read this this morning, and I actually didn't. I knew Matt was going to mention it, but. It, I guess it's for us. Um, And this is, if you know Rick Warren, this is a quote of his about small groups, because I know it's near and dear to my heart, but I think it's something really worth praying about. Um, And he says, small groups are the purest expression of the church. Once people are in a small group, I stop worrying about them because I know their needs are going to be taken care of. In small groups, small really is better. You have to offer them something in a group they can't get anywhere else. Uh, And I can tell you our experience has been um, in small groups, uh, lives are changed. Uh, Miracles happen. Um, And it's real easy to be tempted uh, to look at these groups and go, where do I fit? And I would just push that urge aside and pray about it and ask God, where do you want me? Um, And he'll lead you into the right group.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. That's incredible appreciate that and we appreciate all these leaders if you happen to be brand new to the church and you don't know where to start I will give you one recommendation uh, this past Friday two days ago we started our first essentials back or for the first session this is a great way to us to get to know you you get to know us in the church and then our hope is that after that we push you out to one of these small groups we give you a recommendation or, or you follow God's leading with that but uh, why don't you stand up to your feet as we close we're going to pray over you we're going to pray over these small group leaders These are these are pastors of small home churches basically and so we know that there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that, and we also can pray for you to get connected to the right group. So let's pray together, God. We thank you for this morning and this time to to get together to read the Word of God, to, to fellowship and to pray. And I pray right now that you would guide us in this next season of small groups. First of all, I pray a blessing over each leader, each person that has said yes. I will lead. I will host. I will equip people. I'll be ready to pastor them in our in our homes. And so, God, I pray that you would uh, just uh, an encouragement to them that. You you would uh, plant this this desire to lead and to uh, shepherd people. We thank you for that in their hearts. I pray a blessing on our small groups. I pray a blessing on this church that they would see a desire, there would be a hunger right now in their hearts for more community, for more fellowship, to get closer to each other and to get closer to you, God. We thank you for this season. We pray a blessing over it. In Jesus' name, we pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. The Gathering is a place where you can belong to a church that loves you, believe in the God who is bigger than you, and become who God created you to be. For updates, service times, or ways to get involved, check out thegathering.online. And if you enjoyed listening today, consider rating it or sharing it with a friend. We love you. The best is yet to come.